When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey, parents, welcome once again to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurian. And today we are continuing our four-part look at raising sons and daughters in a hashtag MeToo world. And we're going to talk today specifically about that moment uh, when a boy and a girl are uh, in a sexual encounter and helping our sons and daughters what's going on in their bodies so that they can be prepared beforehand to make some wise decisions about where they're going to go, how far they're going to go, when they're going to go, all those kinds of things. And uh, it's probably one of those things that we as parents get a little squeamish thinking about and talking about. Uh, but for the sake of our boys and girls, we, we need to do that. Uh, do want to remind you, this is going to kind of be the last podcast now for you to enter our new uh, contest. Uh, we're giving away a free book that's written by Michael, uh, either son, uh, raising, uh, saving our sons, either saving our sons or the minds of girls, and he's going to autograph it for you. And the way to enter is very simply to uh, go to iTunes, write a review of the show, screenshot it, and then go to Facebook and look for Wonder of Parenting in the search, join the group, and then post your screenshot of your review, and then we will gather up all those names and we'll pick a winner. And it's just a way for us to get you to try out our, our new Facebook page. We want to create community with you. We want access to you. We want to give you access to other parents around the world. So if you'd like to try to win this free book, uh, you can do so by going to iTunes, writing a review, take a screenshot of it, and then post it over on our Facebook page, Wonder of Parenting. Uh, it's our group page, and uh, you can find that when you search in Facebook. And we're going to run that through February 6th of 2019. So that'll give you uh, another week or so to get that done. Uh, so, Michael, uh, today we're going to talk, we're, we, we've been talking for the last few weeks about this new world uh, of being far more aware of uh, things going on when it comes to sex and relationships and uh, particularly in the area of sexual assault um, and uh, so on. And uh, today what we want to do, we've talked about boys, we've talked about girls. Today what I want to do is, is have you look with us from a brain science perspective, a biological perspective, and so on, at what's going on in a boy's body and brain and what's going on in a girl's body and brain when they begin to have a uh, sexual interest in each other. And um, uh, part, of the, uh, part of the reason why I raise this is, um, number one, w increasingly, at least in college campuses, um, they have so tried to um, monitor sexual relationships with all this consent, and you have to have consent for each and every step of a sexual relationship, that basically taken any romance or mystery or excitement uh, out of the relationship. And in some ways, I feel badly for our, our sons and daughters growing up in that new kind of world. Um, but also, it's really important, I think, if we want to teach our boys and girls to be responsible and empowered, to know exactly what's going to happen to their bodies, mentally, emotionally, physically, even spiritually, 
in that sexual encounter moment and um, and to be prepared for it so that they know beforehand, this is how my body's going to react, and if it starts doing that, I, I want to make sure that I'm ready to go where it's appropriate. So... Um, mm-hmm. So let's kind of let's let's take this moment. Let's start with the boy, and um, he's at a party. Let's let's take drinking out of it for right now. Uh, let's assume he's sober. Uh, he thinks he's reading the signals from the girl, um, and uh, he's becoming sexually aroused. Maybe she's allowed him to kiss her or whatever. Um, how is a boy's body reacting in the brain and in his body chemicals in that moment? Well, you know what? I, I want to do something before we answer that question. Yep. Uh, uh, because I think it's important as people are listening for us all to sort of agree on terms. Yes, on good. What we Thank mean, you. Yes, Like good. when we're teaching our kids. So let me, I'm going to answer that question, but let me just take a step back and say that like in raising my kids and, and, and what I hope others will think about, especially now in the Me Too world, my kids were grown before Me Too, um, is that there really are, we're looking at four four things and they're dis- they can be distinct from each other all of them involve consent um, but there are four things one is rape so when we're teaching so this is very practical when we're teaching our boys and girls okay what's going on out there you know what what do you need to know okay after the birds and the bees uh, you need to know here's what rape is okay so so rape is a crime it involves no consent and it's phys- physical force used to have some kind of sex. And then sexual assault. What's sexual assault? Uh, can, can I ask you a question about yeah, rape? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard a couple different arguments. And, of course, we, we talked in our last podcast about rape culture stuff. Um, is rape a sexual act or is it an act of violence that uses sex? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a sexual act in that sex is used. But, yeah, we, we always in the field, we always say, you know, rape is an example of violence. Um, uh, but but it's both because it's using sex to have power over and it's using sex to to harm the other to prey on the other's weakness and it's an act of violence so it's an act of sexual violence yeah does that does that happen oh, how do i want to phrase the question does that happen more outside of a relationship or in a relationship so oh well st- no go ahead Sorry. yeah go yeah yeah if you ca- caught the meaning of my question I think I did. Statistically, statistically, right, more rapes are happening with people you know. So, um, uh, but does that mean that you're in a relationship with that person? Not necessarily, but you know that, you know that person. So there's some kind of relationship. But if you meant like a romantic relationship, then Mm -hmm. no, a lot of rape is happening without the romantic relationship. Yeah. Uh, But stranger rape is less common, actually, than rape among, um, friends or people you know I'm, I'm thinking back to our last podcast where we talked a little bit about uh provocative female provocative dress or sexualized dress and does that actually cause a rapist to want to rape or is that just totally aside from it well uh, that's it you know that's one with nuance i mean on the surface what we're going to say is no what a girl wears doesn't cause rape right rape right. is a crime it's a violent crime and and I would say no. I mean, her clothing isn't causing the rape. Right. So if that's what you're asking, I'd say no. But I think you're getting at a kind of a nuance. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, what I'm trying to, I think what I'm trying to say, so you can correct this, is when we when we made the argument in the last podcast that we want our daughters 
uh, to be aware of their clothing. It wasn't because we were afraid that they were going to be raped. It's because of the identity that they were presenting themselves with that we would claim is disempowering. Oh, well, I think it's both. I mean, I think it, it is both. I mean, there's there's a way that that I know what we all say publicly, right? We all say right. publicly, it doesn't matter how a woman is dressed. Um, and that's an important thing to say. And, right. and it doesn't I give guess, anyone permission to that. do anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 it doesn't. Because I'm about to lay out these distinctions with the word consent in them. Yep. Uh, in this case, with, with rape, you know, you can't consent to a rape. So you can't. I mean, the way a girl uh, or young woman or woman is dressed, um, uh, no, it's not causing it because she hasn't consented. Right. So that's a rape. Uh, in terms of in terms of the way she's dressing and her identity, now the way she's dressing and her identity, it can increase the sexual awkwardness, which is the fourth category. So let me give the four categories. So category one is rape um, uh, that we're going to talk to our kids about. Category two is sexual assault which doesn't necessarily um, uh, involve penetration, uh, right? Whereas we, when we look at rape, we look at generally at penetration of some kind. Um, uh, could be oral, could be so- sodomy, it could be anal, and it could be vaginal. Um, that's what we tend to look at for rape, even though there's some nuance. For sexual assault, not necessarily penetration, but it's still a crime. It's still an assault. So, for instance, if I walk up to a girl and I grab her crotch, that is that would be sexual assault. She can't consent to that, right? That came really fast, and um, it was it was you know it was wrong. It was it was a criminal act. I grabbed her crotch. Now, meanwhile, if she comes up and grabs mine, I can also call that sexual assault. And there is there is a lot to talk about at some point about why it is that males won't report those things, even though a lot of that is going on. Um, and females will report it, and that's that would be on a whole different conversation. But it's still sexual assault, right? Can't consent to it. Happened really fast. Did not yep. consent to it. Number three is sexual harassment. We got to teach our kids about this. So sexual harassment is a repeated pattern of behavior in which someone with power, with more power than me, uh, right, is harassing me sexually. So, um, uh, and that's what some of the guys in the Me Too movement are getting prosecuted for, especially in corporations. So that's sexual harassment, and that's going to involve repeated contact, pattern of behavior, and um, and all, in all three of these, right? Me too, and you and I are trying to empower. We're trying to empower young women and women to to speak out. And so I raise my daughters to speak out. You raise yours, and we want everyone to raise their daughters to understand what these things are and to speak out if these things happen. The fourth category is sexual awkwardness. And that is where most of the stuff happens, actually. Mm. Most of the stuff that's going on that we as parents need to help our kids understand, most of it is actually not going to be criminal. It's going to be sexual awkwardness. And that then can bring us to answer your question about what's going on in biology. But I just I just wanted to get those four out there yes. because sexual awkwardness, we can consent to, but we're not consenting uh, a, a girl or woman, and by the way, boy or man, a lot of boys and men are raped. But but I I, I know the Me Too is mainly about girls and women. So yep. girls and women are not consenting to rape. They're not consenting to sexual assault, and they're not consenting to s- sexual harassment. Um, uh, but in sexual awkwardness, that's where the consent difficulty comes and where it is hard to legislate it and where the colleges are finding this. And so are so is everyone finding that if they make if they call everything sexual assault. So if they call all sexual awkwardness, sexual assault, 
um, that's where it becomes even more confusing to both females and males, and where we see males being falsely accused um, uh, and all sorts of terrible legal stuff going on for them. And we see uh, girls and women where the, the, the guys that they want to relate to, uh, that they want to have relationships with, you know, more and more are pulling away. Uh, wanting to only talk via text, not wanting to actually meet, and where where, where men are not, are, in corporations are now not um, wanting to be in a, a anywhere with a, a woman. Right, yes. Uh, and they so they won't mentor young women now because yep. they can't be alone with them um, because, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I want to make the distinction, and I hope we can teach our daughters um, and sons these yep. four and make the distinction and in sexual awkwardness, yeah, what's going on in the biology of males and females yes. is a little bit different. It's, it's similar, obviously, but it's a little bit different. And the difference, I think, is what you're getting at. Is that right? When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was really helpful. Thank you for doing that. So what we're talking about is the sexual awkwardness thing where a boy and a girl, uh, they meet, there's some electricity going on, and hormones kick in, the brain kicks in. So walk us through that process. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and we're going to take drinking out, even though, by the way, you know, most of what's going on um, when it, when it's in the realm of sexual assault, like on college campuses, most of it's happening while both parties are drinking. So I, I want us to all be honest with our kids and say, remember, if, if you drink and they drink, that affects your inhibition. You become disinhibited. And so do they. And so be very wary of that. But I understand for this podcast, we're going to say no one's been drinking. So no one's been drinking. So all we have is basic biochemistry. There's been some flirting going on or something. There's some signal has been sent, we're going to assume, or someone thinks a signal's been sent, right? And if this is sexual awkwardness, a signal may not have been sent, okay? So let's say a guy thinks a signal's been sent, and uh, so his testosterone level is going up, He's, he's um, uh, you know, his adrenaline obviously is going up. He's uh, sending the gray matter areas in his brain, one or two gray matter areas in his brain now are becoming really, really focused. These are the areas that are going to handle um, the visual cue he got, because ma- mainly males are getting cues visually and some through smell. So he thinks he got the visual cue, and then he's, he's saying, okay, it's time. And we want to remember that uh, despite all that we say about girls being empowered, um, both males and females, in general, still expect males to make the first sexual moves. So, so the social expectation is what it has been as per biology since the beginning of time. Uh, even though more girls now are becoming more sexually aggressive. So, in this scenario, we'll say we'll go with what's a little more common, which is that he makes a move. 
because his adrenaline, his testosterone, uh, by the way, his oxytocin, vasopressin, these chemicals are up and he's focusing now in these gray matter areas that are helping him to disinhibit himself because remember, um, taking out the five to 10% of guys who are, who are bad and, you know, who are, who are dark triad and doing bad things sexually. Most guys are not that. So what most guys are is awkward and scared, right? They're anxious and they, they are going to have to disinhibit and their brain chemistry has to move them through the anxiety about being rejected so that they can make that move. And so um, they make the move and maybe the move is they touch a shoulder and whisper in her ear, or maybe the move is they might just verbally say it. They may say, can I kiss you? I mean, sometimes that definitely happens or they may lean over and kiss um, and, or they may like give a hug or something that where their hand touches some part of her, you know, all of that stuff goes for me in the category of sexual awkwardness and she still hasn't non she still hasn't non consented um, because they are in a dynamic and it is a natural dynamic because she also will have some chemistry going and she may be reading signals or not reading signals and this first move I think we have to teach both boys and girls that this first move is part of the sexual awkwardness and it's not assault um, because again it doesn't fit what I laid out before there isn't penetration there isn't um, a, a surprise grab of a crotch area or an area where you are undefended and there isn't a pattern of harassment. So it's in the sexual awkwardness category. And now she, now she can consent or non-consent. And, um, and so now she will say, Ooh, why did you kiss me? You know, I don't like that. Or, uh, don't, you know, you rubbed my arm. I don't like that. Or whatever she says, this is her moment to, to, to get in, in the consent, non-consent journey and um, and and now if she says, uh, I don't think of you that way, I don't want you kissing me again. That's it. You know, he's he's basically done. Yep. So and that's that's the way it ought to be. Now, in real life, <laughs> in real life, uh, an hour can go by and she can think, huh, well, you know, and she can move back over to him and and send him some signals. And these signals might go contrary to her having said an hour ago, I don't like that you kissed me. And we all have to be honest about that, that that will happen to every human being, right? Every human being is going to have that happen uh, in their five to 10 year journey of, of sexualizing themselves and ex figuring out how sex and romance fits. So, you know, now, now maybe she sends a signal he gets all his brain chemistry is going up again. Her brain chemistry is going up again. It's sexualizing. Um, and now, you know, maybe she leans over to him and now he kisses her again. So now there's been, there's con some consent and the consent is for only for kissing though. Right. I mean, that, that's it. Um, not for sexual assault, sexual harassment or rape. Um, and, and I always use the three times rule because I know this is going to happen. So I'm always teaching people, okay, three times rule. So now it's an hour later, something has happened here. Uh, now's a good time to be talking about it because you've kissed each other. And this is a second time you kissed each other and the signals have changed um, in this scenario, the signals have changed. So now talk, talk now. Don't wait a third time to get the signal wrong or right. Talk now and, and um, say, okay, what do we wanna do with this? Should we go outside? And this is often when it happens that you say, well, can we leave the party and go sit in my car and they neck? You know, that's kind of in this second time around um, and into the third time around. So for sexual awkwardness, 
I teach uh, young people the three times rule. In each case, both the male and the female have the right to non-consent. But they need to wait until the first time for non-consent. So we, because that's how we don't clog our courts up. I mean, to be very practical, the way we protect both boys and girls in our culture is that we allow for sexual awkwardness and we understand that a guy kissing my daughter uh, in, a, in an awkward way because he thinks he read her signal right and her saying, ooh, I don't like that, that did not disempower her. In fact, she's more empowered now than she was before because she said no. And it did not disempower her um, because there was not penetration. She was not raped, sexually assaulted or harassed. Um, it was just sexual harassment in which she has the resilience to say mm, no, and then he backs off. So is that kind of getting at what you wanted? Yes. So, so uh, you know, I, I think that's really helpful for us to begin to, to train our, our sons, our daughters, to really be thinking about these things. And, and that was, yes, part of what I'm trying to get at is to give our, our sons, to give our daughters a, a little strategy, in a sense, to be thinking through, uh, to navigate these these awkward sexual relationships. Um one of the things I talk about in both of my ebooks, one is raising uh, raising sons in a hashtag Me Too world, and the other is raising daughters in a hashtag Me Too world. Um, and both of them are kind of companion ebooks on Amazon. Um, talk a little bit for us about the heat of the moment. All right, uh, I've I've said this is oversimplifying a little bit, but boys are like microwave ovens; they they can turn on instantly. Where girls are more like conventional ovens or convection ovens, where they need to warm up. Uh, boys um, tend to be more into the act of sex, where girls tend to be more into the relationship, and that can cause miscommunication and awkwardness. But it can also create issues where. Um, you know, the, the relationship may start to heat up and then expectations suddenly change and a boy's body is doing one thing, a girl's body is doing another thing. So, so yeah. try to give us some of all of that as well. Yeah. And, and this is such an important thing to talk to our, our teens about, you know, as they're becoming sexual, because this is real. It's very real that, that, uh, so I'll give some biological stuff. Um, and this biological stuff doesn't, doesn't, change in any way the four categories that I just laid out, right? It doesn't justify rape. It doesn't justify sexual assault, and it doesn't justify sexual harassment. Those are crimes. So um, that's not the direction I'm going to go, even though I know some people would say, well, if you even talk about it, you must be condoning it. Obviously, I don't. Um, what we're getting at is a slightly different biology that you've you've looked at, and it's partly how oxytocin works in and testosterone and our chemicals work inside us. So both let's now say both this male and female they've moved past the three times rule and they've they've decided after three times of kissing that they're going to move forward so i think that's what you're getting at so now they go out yep. to the car yeah they go out to the car let's say i'll just use that they go out to the car um they start necking they start uh feeling each other up so you get to second base which, which i guess they still use that term i hear you get to second base and then maybe you're going to third base and then someone stops it Yep. Uh, right. And very often the female will stop it. There are a lot of biological reasons she'll want to do that that go back to evolutionary biology. Um, I'll, I'll give one real quick, even though people know it, which is that females uh, have around 300 eggs, produce around 300 eggs in a lifetime that, that are, you know, can be fertilized. And there is um, in female biochemistry and brain, there is a certain protectiveness of those. Uh, so and then males have trillions of sperm in a lifetime 
that are out wanting to work. Um, so there's a difference. That's definitely that biological difference. Yep. Um, and then the oxytocin itself is part of it. Males, for males to get as much oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical, for them to feel the feeling of bonding, the way that women feel it, often through just romance, you know, through just cuddling. See, women will get bursts of oxytocin, this bonding chemical, from cuddling, from first base, second base kissing, um, uh, even sometimes from from verbalizing, from conversations that are incredibly romantic. They'll get a lot of that oxytocin burst and they'll feel the bond. But guys, um, uh, in order to feel that much oxytocin, uh, they will tend to need to have sex. So in other words, they'll need to ejaculate while bonding. And they that's the one time in male life when we can that we can replicate where we can get as much of an oxytocin burst as females. And again, oxytocin is our bonding chemical. So that's a biological difference right there. So, so and there are many, too, too many to name really quickly. There are many biological reasons that guys, once they get started, are trying really hard to finish uh, hmm. uh, because their bodies are now, you know, they're erect. So their prostate is filled up now, right? They're filling up. The testes have, have started creating and have probably by now created, right, this, this um, uh, sperm that's going to want to push through and connect with obviously the the semen and the prostate and then shoot through and ejaculate and then once they ejaculate they will have this amazing feeling of bonding which every guy who has had sex and listening to this will know it because it's a feeling where we're completely washed over by by a bond and um uh so we are trying to we are trying when we get to second or third base by then we're probably erect and trying to copulate and so one of the things that I that I say to young people that's very practical is, okay, she, she however, or he, there are a lot of sexually aggressive women, um, has the right to say no at any point. Yep. Um, and, and that's an absolute because if, if, that, if we didn't think that, we would have to be condoning rape, sexual assault, or sexual harassment, which we are not going to do. So she has the right to say no, and the boy needs to be ready for that. And then what I would ask them as a couple to do is to help help him ejaculate. If he has done something that is bad, though, or that's mean or that she doesn't like or whatever, there's no responsibility. You know, she just walks away. And if he pursues her, he's going to be stalking or doing something wrong. So he has to walk away. They both have to walk away. But in a lot of these cases, what's happening is she has changed her mind somewhere in the process, which is her right. Um, and, and there he is, you know, saying, oh my God. And his whole body is, is he's just, you know, shuddering because his body is, is at a point where it needs to ejaculate. And so I think there's nothing wrong with helping him to ejaculate and that takes care of that. And then they'll decide about, you know, next time or the time after or never, maybe she'll say, you know what, I've decided by necking with you and going to second or third base with you that you're not, I don't want to do this with you. And he has to walk away. If she decides that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So does that help? Yeah. So so I, I, what I try to do in, in my, my two e-books was to just lay out some some things, some boundaries for, for girls to be thinking about, some some rules for boys to be thinking about in that sexual moment. And, and part of that has to do with really respecting your partner, respecting girls, respecting boys. And part of res- respecting each other is understanding that our bodies biologically and from a brain point of view do respond somewhat differently. And um, even though a girl has the absolute right and should say stop whenever she wants to stop, Part of respecting a boy's understanding that if if he's revved up, that's a really hard ask for him. That doesn't mean he shouldn't stop. That's not what I'm saying. But part of what a girl wants to do is to be, I think, go into a relationship being cognizant of the fact that when she does certain things, she's going to respond certain ways. When he does certain things, she's going to respond certain ways. And part of that dance, that art of relationship, is really respecting each other and, and know, kind of know before you go this is as far as I'm going to go. And and uh, I, to respect myself, to respect the boy, or to respect myself, respect the girl, I need to understand these things because especially for a boy, once you get going, it you got to be able to, when she says stop, you got to be able to stop even though your body is screaming at you to keep going. Right. And that's not always easy. No, it's not. And and the basic rules are in place. Yeah, they the, the boy does have to, the young man hopefully does have to, you know, stop, et cetera. And, and, and we'll train our guys to do that. We have to do that. Yep. And at the same time, you're right. If we're going into human relationships from a, from a, a respect point of view and a human nature point of view, we got to teach our kids this stuff. You know, we can't, I don't think we can teach them the idea. We can teach them the ideological stuff that males and females in order to be equal are going to be the same because there are few things in life where you understand your difference more than in sex. Right. You know, I mean, sex really shows male-female difference. And while our bonding is, we're human bonding, but, you know, it's, it's not, not a difference in our bonding. We all want to bond. But but um, the sex act itself and the, the the biology of the sex act and the neurology of the sex act is 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 quite quite different or includes a number of differences. So we need to respect them and work out processes. And of course, this is what couples do. They do work out processes and they work out all sorts of stuff as they get to know each other to help each other have their, their sexual needs met in ways that fit their personality. Um, and one thing I say, and I certainly said this to my daughters when they got to the age where we could have these conversations is I say to women, you know, at a certain point, you are actually going to, you're going to get what these guys are feeling. You're going to get it experientially because you're going to be with a guy who is not going to satisfy you sexually, and you're going to be really frustrated by that. And and uh, you're going to be empowered to say to that guy, hey, you know what? You, we can't have this one-way sex. You need to, you need to, we need to work out a relationship in which you're satisfying me sexually because I'm satisfying you sexually. So what I would say to my daughters, you know, think about that. Keep it in the back of your mind. And when you get to the point where you've realized it and you, you've you been with a guy who 
who doesn't satisfy you sexually, that's when you'll kind of get some of what guys have been going through who who um, have to walk away. And obviously, it doesn't mean they shouldn't walk away. They have to walk away. It's it's legal. They got to walk away. But at least the girls will kind of understand a bit, a little more about what's going on with guys. But until they get to that, where they're not sexually satisfied by a guy, I think a lot of a girl's journey is is very much about, and ought to be really very much about, what does she want to consent to? Mm-hmm. You know, and and this is a primal part of human development. And the sexual revolution has been obviously, you know, it's been a great thing for women in many ways, but, um, uh, but it, it also has, has, um, created a biological question mark for young people. And we're very often, um, uh, they'll have one urge, which is a, a girl will have one urge, which is, I want to wait for penetration. Like, I don't want to do that yet. Yep. I want to wait till I'm 20 or 25 or I'm married or whatever it is. But then on the other hand, but wait a minute, you know, it's a very sexualized culture. I should just go do it. That's what empowerment is. I should just have sex. Um, and here again, I think we have to teach our daughters. Empowerment is you do what you can consent to when you can consent to it. That's empowerment. Right. And the same, we would say the same for our boys as well. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And and this is where... Um, it's it's important. Uh, we've we've sort of moved beyond the birds and the bees discussions. That's important, but now we're also talking uh, about values and values that are rooted in good biology, good brain science, respect, empowerment, and um, you know we can be teaching these kinds of lessons to our boys and girls from a very young age. And, uh, you know, language is going to be appropriate as, as they move in those ages, but to be teaching respect, to be teaching empowerment, to teaching, you know, no means no, those kinds of things are all, yep, that's all important stuff that we should be teaching our children anyway. I think the Me Too movement has given us the opportunity to really get at it and uh, help our sons and daughters find success and joy in a sexual relationship uh, where right now there's a lot of fear and anxiety because nobody knows what the rules are. And um, But if you put respect in there, uh, you understand biology and how the brain works, uh, you're going to set yourself up for some good, healthy sexual relationships. Yeah, yeah. And I go back to nature, nurture, and culture. So as we are, as we are, so to be very practical with people listening, as you have kids and you're in this process with your your kids, um, explain to them the nature, explain to them the nurture, the bonding, and explain to them the culture, right? What the culture is going to, how it's sexualizing and what it's saying, uh, what nurture is saying and what nature is saying. And if if our kids get lessons in all of these, especially as they enter the teen years, which is when it's really more, right? The birds and the bees are kind of more appropriate for 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 up to 13, you know, certainly by 12, 13, we, we, we ought to have had the conversation, but for some of them early puberty, it's earlier. So, you know, that's in that age group, we're going to have more of the birds and the bees, but then by 12, 13, whenever it is that our child starts to mature, um, puberty wise, which adds sexualization. Now we're having these conversations and these are the conversations that are in which we can talk about nature, nurture, and culture, all of them. And over a period of years, we can be talking about it, not once, but over a period of years. And if we set up relationships with our kids, whereby when they're teens and they have something complex happening, you know, they can come back to us. That's really the joy. Yep. Um, we had that with our, our daughters where they, 
some complex things were going on as they were later teens. And they would, they would ask Gail or me or their godmother, Pam, and they'd ask them questions. And that's the kind of relationship we want so we can help them navigate. But even if they don't want to ask us anything and they go elsewhere, at least we'll have had these conversations about the nature of it, the nurture of it, and the culture of it, of sexual sexualization, uh, certainly starting by 12 or 13, I think. So these are really important topics. They're big topics. We can't go into everything. Um, I encourage you, if you want to read more, uh, I've got these two resources on Amazon. They're eBooks: Raising Sons in a Hashtag Me Too World, Raising Daughters in a Hashtag Me Too World. And Michael, you've also got a program to help parents, not only with this topic, but all things parenting. Uh, tell us about your new parenting course. Yes, uh, this new parenting course is, you can go to gurianinstitute.com, G-U-R-I-A-N institute.com, and uh, go to the product button. It's at the very top, and you'll see a drop-down menu, and you'll see educator online course and parent online course. And so um, uh, the parent online course is where we would have more of these sorts of discussions. And it's six hours of video content divided up into units with with all sorts of supplemental material through the PowerPoint. And uh questions and answers and and so on and then there's also a service where at least once a month perhaps more depending on how many people sign up once you've taken the course um you sign up for these monthly calls and and i will directly take questions in those monthly calls as well so we'll we'll work over a period of time to get everyone's questions answered Uh, so go to gurianinstitute.com and just look at the parent online course and it's all laid out and, and you folks have really, you listeners have really uh, inspired us to do what we can to create resources uh, that build on these topics because we know they're of interest to you. Uh, we know we can't go into great depth. We can do some things in a podcast. So if these resources are helpful, we encourage you to, to look them up. I want to remind you that February 6th is the cutoff date if you want to join our contest to win one of, one of Michael's books autographed by him. Uh, you just uh, write a review on iTunes for our show. You screenshot it. And then you go to Facebook, do a search of Wonder of Parenting, join the parenting, uh, the Wonder of Parenting group, post your screenshot for us, and that will enter you into the contest. Uh, we're going to wrap up our discussion about uh, raising kids in a Me Too world uh, with one more podcast. We're going to look at some strategies to help your kids navigate this new world. Michael, until then, thank you very, very much. It was good stuff. Oh, thank you, Tim. And thank you all for listening. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.